Hi there, you're listening to the Lazy Genius Podcast. I'm Kendra Adachi, and I'm here to help you be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. Today is a very special bonus episode where I get to talk to one of my favorite bands in the whole world, Joseph. Joseph is an indie pop band comprised of three sisters, Natalie, Megan, and Allie, and their music is something I turn to on a practically daily basis. They have a new album releasing tomorrow, April 28th, called the sun and the sisters joke that it was heavily inspired by their individual therapists it is an album full of honesty compassion joy and it also just sounds rad today i talk with the sisters about what it's like being sisters who also make music together what you can do to help develop healthy relationships among your kids especially twins and how they process singing their personal stories so vulnerably from stage this is such a treat to have joseph on the show and i hope you enjoy our conversation I want to tell y'all how I first came to discover you. And, uh, it was through a mutual friend, Andy Baxter of Penny and Sparrow. We love him. him. He posted, uh, just a story of y'all singing with them at a show singing. Um, was it double heart that y'all sang? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Who are these people singing this song? (laughs) I'm so moved. And I looked you up and then I've just been like obsessed, obsessed Mm, ever since. Thank you. And I think that the reason, one of the reasons other than y'all just sound so good is that your songs just feel so deeply human, Mm -hmm. which is something like really rooted in, in the humanity of that. And I am curious, is there significance to Mm. y'all being family, being sisters, and that there is a there's like a built-in knowing. I think what I would say to that is that, um, you know, we can't really put on a face or like act, you know? And I think we, I think that was also hard in the beginning of this uh, band because we were like, we're trying to do something that's kind of outside of us. And it's, you're embarrassing me that you're acting like (laughs) that or whatever, like just be yourself or whatever. Um, and so I think that that also definitely impacts the music as well, because it's like, you can't really say something that two other people aren't going to check you on and be like, that's not how it went. (laughs) It's like, it was more raw than that. Or like, you know, stuff like that. So I think that we Mm -hmm. probably go, I think there's some definitely vulnerability in trying to be in a band and with your sisters because you're you have to be kind of bigger than just this in some ways but then also there's so much power in being able to go deeper because of that yeah I would say to to expand on that it's it definitely feels like there's this innate groundedness because we have seen each other at different you know when we were three years old well I guess me and Al you didn't see me when I was no (laughs) no we did like we were not alive yet you know and you've had so much shared experience so there's this it keeps you keeps your feet on the ground but as Megan's saying like in this there are moments where you kind of have to like shoot for the stars and like be and like you have to go out onto a stage in front of thousands of people and be big and be something more and and be a performer and I think that side of things we've worked really hard to allow each other to not have a ceiling and Mm -hmm. to try to be more and different and allow each other to like explore you know that in in that state of performance or that state of like 
trying for something that is really ambitious that maybe we would each it's like your own inner voice we each know like our own like how far we've gotten on things or what our limitations are but allowing each other to imagine no limitations has been like a concerted effort too so there's a lot of interplay there you just said a phrase and then i'm just gonna uh hi Allie. i'm just gonna make you answer this question even though you didn't say the word you just said about uh that you don't have a ceiling mm. And I think that that is like a very resonant statement, whether you're a performer or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe Allie, like how, how does one, <laughs> how does one accept that like, oh, I don't have to have a ceiling, mm -hmm. but just as a person in regular life, like a stage feels like a more acceptable place to not have a ceiling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but other places, maybe not so much. Yeah. Cause I think that it's so much easier to have ceilings cause it feels so much safer because the second, what's that thing? Um, psychology experiment, something that happened with the kids, um, in the playground. And when they had, mm. um, a fence around the playground, they found that mm. like the kids would expand to the edges, but when they didn't have mm. a fence, then they would kind of stick to themselves. So I think even when you have no ceiling it's um it can feel like i think way scarier mm. to actually shoot for the stars you know shoot for anything bigger because it does there's like a sort of inherent um lack of safety in it because you could really mm. go anywhere or do anything and make as many mistakes as possible um and i don't know i think with us i think it's really helpful to have each other um sort of reminding each other like uh we can be bigger than that or we can like we can look crazier than that or you know things like that because as family um yeah it's easy to hold each other back sometimes mm -hmm. so yeah i think like the practice that we have of doing that in our band world which i think is still a constant thing we're all working on is to let each other be the fullest version and, and the least ceilinged version of ourselves is something that, yeah, I think we each are like trying to take that into our own day to days. And because we spend so much time together, I think, I think, I know at least for Megan and I, we've each tried really hard to figure out what the biggest version of ourselves on our own is like outside of our sisterhood. So I'm not sure if I've answered that totally correctly. Oh, but, you, answered but <laughs> you answered it fantastically. I mean, I really okay. just did throw you like the most amoebic uh, tennis ball <laughs> from a phrase you didn't even say. So you nailed it. I love it. You nailed it. Um, actually, someone I had, I had said on Instagram, like, so like, if I were to be talking with the band Joseph, what should I do? <laughs> One of the questions, there's some really, really great questions. And, um, one mm. of them is kind of in, in line with what you're saying. It's from somebody named Diana Allen. And she said, how does being in a band together make your family dynamic harder? And how does it make it easier? Mm. I love that. I mean, I, as Ali was talking and I was thinking about your question, the first one, I was like, this is actually a really interesting conversation for everyone, not just in a band, this idea of like, okay, I'm surrounded by people who, with whom we have this shared understanding of who each other is in a long-term relationship, be that like, a, you know, a partner or children or parents or extended family or whatever. And I think it's this like 
sense of, um, at least for me, I really struggle with just like wearing and living by my environment and what my community and environment tells me to be and do, you know? And so it's this constant conversation between like, okay, where is my chosen like environment and my not chosen environment limiting me when I know something, I know a truer knowing within myself that I can do and be more than what these particular parameters are like allowing me to. And I think that's something that applies in my personal life just as much as in the band, you know, where it's just like, okay, these are the tenets of this community that I'm a part of. Do those align with my inner knowing and constantly checking that instead of always responding to like what the outside factors are telling me to be and do. Um, So yeah, I do think that's, uh, that's a way that this, that 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 being in a band with our family makes it both harder and easier mm-hmm. you know it's just like we have each other and through those hard moments that you might if you were alone as an individual feel kind of like lost out to see of like where am i what's up what's down like we have each other to be reminded of just like hey this is you know this is who you are you know mm-hmm. and and just to kind of like reiterate what we've been saying is also that tough part of being like, oh, but what if, what if who I am is changing and transitioning and growing? And how do we let each other like push those boundaries and not um, be holding each other back? You know, Mm -hmm. so I would say that's what's both hard and easy. That's one of the things that's both hard and easy about it. And then you throw in for people who uh, don't know and can't see y'all right now, then you have like the twin situation. Uh which, you know, is like its own, like my best friend has twins. There are twins in our lives and, you know, I don't have twins myself, but like there is a, Mm -hmm. um, a really interesting, such a unique dynamic in being a twin. Yeah. So I hear, so I would imagine that there's (laughs) even maybe an additional layer to that too, for the two of you. Yeah, I think so. I was in my last therapy session, my therapist was like, I just heard about this twin, like therapy specifically for twins. And only one of them is allowed. Only one twin is allowed to go. And I was like, this is so fascinating. (laughs) Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think there's, um, Allie and I have a really good relationship and I think the, I would say the biggest dynamic that's come up in the band is probably just like the two against one thing, you know, because mm-hmm. Allie and I are so aligned in a lot of ways. Like we just were very similar uh, in the, the things we like and are interested in and whatnot. And, um, and so I think it's the easiest dynamic to fall prey to is just like Natalie feeling on the outs. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, someone actually asked, um, <laughs> tips for uh Sarah Sarah Capri asked tips for parenting twin girls who fight a lot. <laughs> do y'all have any do y'all have any oh um God. we there are um again this is a just so you know who you're talking to this is a community that really has spent a lot of their lives trying to get it right which mm. is why I think people love your music um because mm. you're uncovering that for yourselves in your own ways and yeah. experiencing freedom in that. And so, mm-hmm. um, but one of the places that is, feels the most, maybe not the most, that's not fair, but a place that consistently can feel like I've got to get this right is if you mm-hmm. are a parent, because mm-hmm. it's like, 
this is a human person that yeah. I'm responsible for. Huge responsibility. There's so much pressure. And so I get a lot of questions of like how mm-hmm. to parent when um, I have uh, some episodes with my younger sister and we have a wonderful relationship and are such good friends and have a great mm-hmm. time together. And people are like, what did your parents do? And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. Well, our, our dad was abusive and our mother had tremendous mental illness. So nothing helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. You're like, that was all us. That was so, so it's kind of like, it's like release the pressure parents. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you could do so many things and your, mm. your kids might not be friends and you could do terrible things and yeah. your kids could end up being friends. So yeah. I'm not yeah. saying like, what did your mm. parents do to make y'all friends? But also mm. like, yeah. were there things that you really valued growing up that have impacted Mm -hmm. your relationships now. I just remember um, us knowing like that it's a thing for twins to be competitive and that that can be in, you know, get lodged in the relationship. And so from a really early age, I just feel like we purposed, we tried even subconsciously to not be competitive with each other. Even I would say that has even come up more in our adulthood to be competitive with each other you know once like you know partners people you know that you're interested get involved and like you might like the same person and you're like holy crap you know there's stuff like that like oh my god I every time I wear Allie's clothes I get compliments on my outfits every single time like it's like and I'm like oh well it's Allie's you know and I and I also know she wants me to say that she's like you tell them that it's mine (laughs) I'm like it's so funny I'm like there's a lot of with twins like there's a lot of and I would say even with sisters this is not just twins but there's a lot of room to be competitive and I think Mm -hmm. like the most you can do to take that off the table well Megan in that you I feel like the answer to Sarah's question is like try to limit the amount of comparison that's happening verbally you know, mm-hmm. like is like being like noticing and calling out verbally, like, oh, you're more this and you're more this. It's like actually right. allowing people do for that there to all the time. Yes. People and I do it to other people, right? We're always trying to like put people in boxes and understand mm-hmm. people. So people say stuff to us all the time. Like even just the other day, someone said to Allie, Oh, you're really chatty and to me, like, and you're not like at all, but in a way that I, I felt very limited by. And I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. This kind of stuff just doesn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. it doesn't help anyone like, yeah, move forward or feel like they can be bigger than the situation they're in. Allie, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I just think that there's always, I think with twins specifically, because um, there's always, always, always going to be comparisons. And you'll always have people whispering in your ear from a tiny age, like, oh, I like you better, or I think you're prettier, or like weird yeah. things that you're like, okay, you're literally saying a nice thing to me, but you're like, you're putting my sister down at the same time. And so I yeah. think that, and Megan and I both got that people want to make you feel, you know, that they know you more or something. Mm-hmm. So I think like one thing that really has helped Megan and I over the years is just knowing that like, it doesn't matter what people say and that like, we always have each other's back and yeah. that our relationship is more important than anything else and anybody else and anything they have to say about us and so I think that like we anytime stuff like that would come up I felt like it in some ways like it definitely early on I think like shook things up and has at different points but I think it also kind of solidifies where it's like oh my god who cares like it's like our relationship is more important than 
what other people think about us and just making sure. us a team, I think. And same mm-hmm. with us as sisters. If you know mm-hmm. that your like core is strong, then it's like, it just doesn't matter what is happening on the outside. And if you can limit the amount of comparison between yourselves, like even as sisters, you know, in a band, then I think that everybody can thrive a lot more. Speaking of kids, I have three, two boys and a girl. My daughter's almost seven. Actually, when this episode releases, she will be seven. And y'all, she's a big old Joseph fan. fan. And I just wanted to, I wanted to tell you, her name's Annie and she loves watching two, there are two videos, especially that she loves watching. Mm. One is, uh, when you performed white flag at the, uh, tiny desk concert Mm. and which was a super long time ago. And then also for, um, for paste, um, when you play Mm. without you. And so we will like, she asks for, before she knew your band name, she would say, I want to see the cool girls who sing strong. That's what she would say. I I love that. You nailed it right there. That's what she, our new bio. There it is. There it is. (laughs) But I wanted to, I wanted to tell you that, Mm. that, um, when she first saw Mm. without you, especially because in, you know, there's something that's really special. I, I say this a lot because uh, I'm like an opinion sparrow evangelist and I'm like, see them live, guys, see uh-huh. them live, see them yes. live. Yeah. I think that's just true about music in general. Like there's something yeah. incredibly special about seeing mm-hmm. a performance. And I think particularly yeah. by singer songwriters because it's so personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something when she, I remember sitting next to her on the couch the first time she watched that video mm-hmm. and y'all are moving and you're dancing and you're like, just killing it. And Mm. she, it's almost like she didn't know what to do with herself. Like she Mm. couldn't stop smiling. She's, you know, almost, this was like a year ago and she couldn't stop smiling. And she, what was like sort of going into herself. It was almost like she was seeing Mm. that ceiling we were talking about, like these, wow. wow. And it was, Mm. it was, um, I'm just really grateful to y'all for, being people who create something that makes people like my little girl feel proud to be a girl experience that through music like yours, that she Mm -hmm. is seeing these sisters and these women like move and scream and sing quietly and like wear all these cool things. And like, she loves that your outfits too. Like it's, it's just a really I mean, I'm gushing and rambling a little bit, but mm. I just don't know how to explain how valuable that is as a parent mm-hmm. wow. that you're making music that helps her feel seen. And she's in first mm. grade. Oh, I don't have a question you. to follow that. I just <laughs> wanted to say it to you. No, I love that. That made me teary. It's well, I, I know you don't have a question to that, but I do have a, a response to that. Actually. Get it. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> No, I just like, I, I love that we get this chance, like people put microphones in front of us, you know, and like, and video cameras in front of us and stages for us to stand on. And I seriously will get this visceral experience sometimes. 
if I feel within myself any kind of resistance or like fear or um, uncertainty and like the emotional and mental resilience that's needed in certain moments, if you feel like a performance might not be going well, or you see one person's facial expression in row number three, Mm. and they seem to be a little bit checked out or like, (laughs) and you're like, oh, I guess like they don't like the music. I guess they don't like me. I guess my life doesn't matter. Like, you know, you just start to like spiral. So fast, doesn't so it? Fast. So <laughs> fast, very fast. And in those moments, whether it's that, or it's like, whatever it could be, like, maybe I think about that paste day and like, I don't remember specifics. We were having a lot of fun doing promo, but some of those days when you're like waking up really early in New York and you're like getting into a cab and it's just like, you're tired and you didn't get enough coffee or whatever. And then you go into these places and then having that opportunity to just like embody like the center of the song. And I will have these moments sometimes when all these things might feel like it's coming against what's happening. And I just the motion of like being like, okay, extend your arms all the way or like yell to the like the back of the theater, you know, or whatever it is. And it really feels like this movement of energy and like this physicality to like to move and like expand the borders of what's possible, both for myself and for whoever might be within that like space, whether they're so it's really special when I hear you say that, because I'm like, yeah, that's how it felt. It felt like, you know, like I'm I'm pushing away and out anything coming against with my like movement, you know, and trying to create room and space for you know me and the other people to exist in that is boundless you know so that really means a lot to hear that made me tear up we'll be right back inquiring minds want to know there were lots of questions (laughs) about like how do you what's your songwriting process and I know (laughs) that there are places where this has been written and spoken before Mm. but um but I would also love to hear from you know your own voices like what is that what is that like I'm guessing it's not one not one way because you have three different songwriters Mm -hmm. here right Mm -hmm. we so the three of us um write but we generally um most of our songs we will go in with a co-writer which I know a lot of people don't everyone has differing opinions about that but I think for us it's so awesome because I think as sisters especially you can get really caught up or annoyed at each other or something (laughs) and but when you get in those spaces with a co-writer it kind of uh it's like a meet um mediator or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) where like everyone can throw their ideas sort of at that person and like and that person can help us like uh sort it out and that is really helpful also I'm not, um, I'm not a natural writer. Megan and I didn't really write songs before doing this band and writing with co-writers. I've learned so many tips and tricks and things from all these incredible people that we've gotten to collaborate with. They, which is most, I feel like the biggest tip trick is like, just to not worry about sounding stupid. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) that's the greatest like roadblock to writing a song or probably doing anything creative at all yeah it's just Mm -hmm. like stop being afraid because it's like worst case scenario people will just like ignore you and move on (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like no one's like that was a bad idea right you know so (laughs) and to add to that it's interesting because 
nobody does say that's a bad idea, except for generally I'll notice all of us being like, this is probably a terrible idea, but right. here's this. And so like, you're the one discounting yourself, but yeah. honestly, I think it's, it's such, it's always a really interesting season when we go into writing songs, but I love it. And it's very like intense and it's happening, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's a really cool process. And the girls and I um, did write all um, the, the sun, our song, the sun all together. And um, that was really fun to just like do that without another person too. Mm. But Natalie, you also, Natalie writes, yeah, in the room, but Natalie also writes a lot on her own too. So we've got a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of, a lot of different writing things happening, but. That's probably why um, in the, literally in the Instagram question box, Andy Baxter asked a question in the question box and he had one for each of you. And he asked, he says, uh, Natalie, the lyric you wish you wrote. Oh God. Oh, there's so many. Okay. What's going to come to mind at the top of my head. That's what I'm curious about. Oh, I love him. Okay. Oh, I literally just said this about a song lyric the other day. Oh my gosh. Come back to me. I will. I will. Okay. Okay. Allie. He asked you, what's the best song to cry to? Cute. I love him. The best song to cry to, there's this um, artist called Abby Gunderson who mm. releases these just uh, instrumental albums. Of, mm. And there's two of her albums in specific that have meant so much to me. Um, I cannot remember what either of them is called because I just have the picture in my mind, but mm-hmm. they, um, they're most, I think they're, yeah, piano heavy. And um, honestly, so any, any one of those songs, I think the one, is like the one with the girl's face. Time, move, yeah. time moves quickly is the yes, name yeah, of that one. Time yep. moved on. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The song Farewell Summer <clears throat> from that album. Mm-hmm. I, if Spotify gave me like, how many times have you listened to this? It would be triple digits without question. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. yeah it was just that. one of those where it's like all the time. No, that's a great, yeah. that's a great answer. Okay, so did, you did you find your lyric? <laughs> yeah, I have two okay. um, that I'm just going to say there's so, so many, but I'm going to start with one of my favorite songs ever is by Ray LaMontagne. It's called empty. And the line is, um, I looked my demons in the eyes, said, do your best, destroy me. I've been to hell and back so many times. I must admit you kind of bore me. That's so good. That's solid. So good. And then the second one I'll say is from a song I adore by Laura Veers. Um, and she says, my stampeding buffalo stops in her tracks and watches the snow falling through the old oak tree when you give your heart to me. It's so I don't pretty. know Laura Veers. I'm gonna have to oh, write. It's so I, that, good. that seems like a yeah. Listen to that album. That. I will. Yeah, I really will. And then because uh, he asked one for all of you, Megan, he asked you, "What is the best fight song ever?" I don't know what fight song <laughs> actually means, but that's what he asked. Yeah. You know, there's a few ways you could take that. Mm-hmm. I think the best fight song that I have personally used is the Kim Petrus uh, Heart to Break because I feel like yes. the girls and I have yep. used that in a lot of times when we're like, okay, we just got to get up. We got to dance. Up. We got to do something. 
I remember there being a moment in the early days of the pandemic where like anxiety was like times 200. And so I think it was Allie sent this sent a video for dancing to that song. It was like, okay, girls, let's go, you know? So I would say, I think probably that is what I would say. If I'm thinking about fighting another person, I feel like that's like fighting for myself. Yes. If I'm thinking about fighting fighting another person. Right, right. That's a very different <laughs> vibe. That's, that's another that's question. <laughs> like, yep. Corey, this is the greatest Instagram handle ever. Her name is Corey Ann and her handle is Coriander. <laughs> I love that. So congratulations, Coriander. That is amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. But, but Coriander asked, how do you handle the vulnerability hangover of singing your stories? Oh my God. That's oh, a man. great question. It's a great that question is- because yeah. I'm thinking of like, so I, I personally have a couple, of, I mean, we all have songs that are extremely vulnerable. I have a couple of songs, our song Revolving Door from our last album called Good Luck Kid. And then, uh, and then honestly, this song called The Sun from our new album that we just released. Um, it's like, I would say having my sisters is a huge reason that I'm able to do that. Mm-hmm. Because like, I would say the first time we started putting those two songs in a set back to back and I started saying, revolving door is kind of like the beginning of the story and the sun is like the now of the story Mm -hmm. and the first time we did that I got off stage and was like oh my god I want to (laughs) puke why did I share all of that (laughs) yeah I'm like it's too much now people know that I'm talking about the same person you know and one time so this is interesting we have uh we have another song that's coming out actually about the same relationship and it's um on the new album and it's about um kind of instead of focusing on like all the stuff that was so bad about it Mm -hmm. um it's about honoring basically the part of myself that was in it at all Mm -hmm. because it's really easy to go oh you're so stupid you're so like how did you not see how did you how did you stay for so long but it's Mm -hmm. like no there was a part of me that was totally sane and made all these decisions and I want to sing a song about her and Mm -hmm. so is that we also have yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I love that it's great did you get the album I did oh I love I I I've had to like keep it it has been so hard to have the album because I got it sent early because we were going to talk and I'm just like, that. everybody, you're not ready. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kendra. Oh my gosh. gosh. My, oh my, God, my uh, Andy didn't ask me what my fight song was, but, um, <laughs> mine right now, honestly is, um, it's kicking up the light. Like mm. I turn that puppy on and I'm like, nice. let's roll, let's roll. People. Like I just, <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's just the whole album that. is just magic. It's, it's fantastic. Does anyone else have wow. any, I don't want to cut that off, like uh, un- other mm-hmm. answers to that. Like, how do you handle the the vulnerability hangover after your story? I mean, I just have to say we have an incredible audience. And like the thing that is amazing to me about the people who listen to and care about what we're making is that we get so many people replying and saying like, I relate to that experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and like people listen to the lyrics and like one thing that's really cool about being a part of this band is like, 
people who care about Joseph, like know the catalog, like they're not just there for a lot of times, not just there for one or two songs. It's like people pay attention to like the different things that we're saying. And, and then we'll write us or say, if we get to meet after a show or like, we get so much supported feedback saying about people's own stories of being like, Oh yeah, that here's my story of like, when I went through something similar and there is no, to me, there is no better feeling than that. Like to say like the hard kernel of truth of the thing that's in the middle of your chest that you were able to get out just for yourself. And then to have someone hold and receive that and be like, yeah, like that's my experience as well. Like, I feel so grateful that we get to have that process, you know, regularly. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. We'll be right back. Well, one final question that's kind of uh, very niche and specific, and it's from Angela Davis, who asked how cheerleading Aww. launched Natalie's Angela. career because she Yay. was your high school cheer coach. I love Angela Davis. You. I haven't talked to her in so long. I think the last time we talked, we texted. I forget what happened. I adore her. She honestly, I love that she wrote in because she was a really important person for me in high school, honestly, because she was so, um, oh my gosh, just like she made things that were stressful, feel totally accomplishable. Like that was one thing I loved. Uh, She was my cheer coach for one of my years. And I just felt like she was such an advocate for me in an environment that felt really high stakes. Looking back, it was a Christian school. And I felt very like overwhelmed all the time trying to be that perfect person. And all of the ways that I was like, okay, how do I follow all the rules? How do I be the star student? How do I be the example of Christ that I'm supposed to be or whatever it was like, sorry, this is a lot, but I Angela Davis. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. But she was so just like, I don't know. I felt supported by her in a really like, you don't have to like work so hard kind of way. Like she was a really important person in my, um, you know, one thing she said that is also in that same vein that I think about so often is she was like, why do people use toilet seat covers? She was like, it literally, she's like, why do we have this fake idea that germs aren't going to get through those? So just don't use them. And I remember, I think about that literally every single time I'm going to put a toilet seat cover on. (laughs) So thank you, Angela Davis. That's incredible. You never know. You You never know. know. I think you might say that sticks with someone for a long time. Angela, if you're listening, I love you. I appreciate you so much. Wow. That's so fun. Well, this has been so great. And I want you to know how many people typed phrases like I'm just teary knowing that they're coming and that I get to hear them talk and like tell them how much their music means to me and how like there's just so many people who love you and you know that because you get it from like you know like you said like you you know your audience and you have a a really wonderful group of people that listens to you and Mm -hmm. um, but there are there are people here there's a a lovely Venn diagram Mm -hmm. section that just, and I feel the same. Like I do, oh. I feel the same. It's just, there is a, there is a, a beautiful mm. groundedness and expansion oh. sim- simultaneously exist in the music you make. Thanks. And that's a really unique 
thing to offer. And so thank you, Kendra. Wow. Thank y'all for being great. This was so fun. So nice. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Also, your podcast is amazing. I was listening to a bunch and I was listening to an episode with you and your sister and Mm -hmm. I was laughing so hard as I was just doing my kitchen and I was like, I just, uh, this is so, I love listening to families talk because it just feels so similar to the girls and I, and um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you, I just feels like you're bringing a really bright light Mm -hmm. into the podcast Mm -hmm. world and Mm -hmm. it's been, it was really fun to listen to. So I love what you're doing. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. That means a lot. Thank you. Well, I'm going to, uh, I will not be the weirdo in the third row with a bad facial expression. (laughs) You better not. I don't want this comment to make our audience members feel hyper vigilant about all the like, expressions no. they're making. <laughs> no, whatever you want to feel, it's fine. No, I can I, regulate right. myself. That is like that is that's why therapy is a beautiful thing, you guys, because yes, you learn things right. like that. You know what? I'm not responsible for other nope. people's emotions, no, nor are you responsible for mine. Nope. That's right. Good to go. That's right. I love it. What a great, what a great note to end on with a band who's like our therapists really heavily inspired this album. Very true. Very true. Well, that was so much fun. (laughs) The most fun. These, these women are not just great musicians and singers, but humans like the loveliest humans. And I so hope you enjoyed our conversation. We'll have links to all the things in the show notes, but please be sure you check out their new album, The Sun, that is available on April 28th. There are already a handful of singles that have been released from that album, including the title track, The Sun, which will make you feel so good inside. I mean, it is. It's just so good. I also love Nervous System, a song about how we can calm the storms inside ourselves and be okay. And I'm guessing based on what Megan said that uh, Slow Dance will also be out by now. And that is a fantastic single about uh, the beauty and even hard relationships. It's just so good, you guys. It's so good. And of course, you can listen to their other albums too. Whatever you choose, you cannot go wrong listening to Joseph. And even if their musical style is not your vibe, I hope that you have been encouraged by the heart behind what they make. Just a really special group of sisters. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. And until next time, be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. I'm Kendra and I'll see you on Monday.